When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, I was just watching a video of Mike McCarthy talking about using PFF systems and data to make himself a better coach in Dallas the next time around. So we welcome in from PFF, data scientist Eric Eager. What is going on, Eric? Hey, Matthew. Is that Adam Thielen injury not just the most vikings this thing ever? It's classic. In practice, of course. But... <laughs> Yeah, I know. And uh, Stefan Diggs also getting sick this week and missing two days of practice. Uh, not great, Bob. Not too good uh, here for the Vikings. And, and Eric, tell me, is there any sort of number backing or anything like that to tell us how much of a challenge it is to go to New Orleans and win in a crazy, crazy atmosphere in a very physical game that went into overtime, even if it's one extra drive, it's still, I think Kyle Rudolph said, 79 offensive plays that they ended up having. And then you got to get back in the plane, go out to San Francisco and play a team that's been waiting for you. How tough is that? Yeah, I mean, we measure basically the, the effect of a, a buy. Any time in the season is about worth a point. Uh, in basically betting lines and also win probability and all that kind of stuff. So the Niners are already getting uh, a fair amount of, you know, they're the better team, but also they have, they get a, uh, an advantage with the buy. And then losing that extra day, there is an advantage of, ha- of playing a team on five days rest versus six days rest. So the Vikings are sort of doubly shot there uh, with that. And then there's the travel distance also. Now they're not going from West Coast to East Coast and playing at 10 a.m. their time, but there is a there is an effect uh, of traveling as far as they're going to have to travel this weekend. So uh, and, and then we also there, there is also uh, basically a load factor too. If you play a lot, you know there was the one game where the Rams had to play like a hundred snaps against Tampa Bay, and then they went on the road to play Seattle on Thursday night. That does have an effect as well. So the Vikings are, are behind the eight ball a little bit this week, and so they're going to really need a, a, a pretty much the same effort that they got against New Orleans. So I've been looking a lot at Jimmy Garoppolo's statistics, trying to find where he might be different from Kirk Cousins, what the weaknesses might be. And one of the most fascinating storylines here, aside from will they just be too beat up to win this game, is 
Mike Zimmer scheming the hell out of Sean Payton and Drew Brees and having the capability to do it again against Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo did not play a very good game against the Vikings in 2018 and threw a pick six on a Mike Zimmer blitz off the edge, a zone blitz, which I don't think anyone would have expected at that time, considering that it was a lot of double A gap before that. And then he's since switched to a lot of the zone blitzes on third downs in big situations. I'm looking at Garoppolo and he's got seven picks in 185 attempts when he's blitzed and not a very good particularly grade by PFF, yeah. is is that the key to taking down James Garoppolo? Yeah, and, and unfortunately the Vikings had to use the really, I think, brilliant move of taking their two young defensive ends, Adetabo and Weatherly, and play them on the outside, Griffin and Hunter on the inside, against Breeze because one of the things that's underrated is that Weston Richburg is the, you know, the center for San Francisco has been out and in the past few weeks, they've really had difficulties with good interior players. And so I think the Vikings, you know, they'd be stupid not to do the same thing on third and long because Garoppolo struggles with interior pressure and Hunter and Griffin. I mean, the, the spin move that Griffin put on, I can't remember which guard it was the other day, was just amazing. Uh, and, and so hopefully, you know, if you're a Vikings fan, that, that'll be deployed uh, similarly on Saturday. Um, but the other thing about Garoppolo, which is interesting, is what he is the only starting quarterback in the NFL this season with a lower average depth of target than Drew Brees. Hmm. We think of their offense as explosive, and they are, but they're explosive after the ball gets out of the hands uh, of Jimmy G, whereas Vikings are explosive in many ways because Cousins is a, is a really good arm and he's really accurate down the field. If you can get to Garoppolo and make him less, if, if less efficient, less accurate underneath, then the yards after the catch don't happen. And luckily for the Vikings, as, as you know, uh, beat up as they are defensively, they do one thing really well, and that's tackle. And so I think they do match up defensively pretty well with the Niners. Okay, we can move forward this conversation in just a second, but uh, Jonathan has demanded for us to guess Jimmy Garoppolo's middle name. Do you have it over there? Do you have his middle name? You look it up, but yep. we'll, we'll guess. I'm going to guess Jimmy Allen Garoppolo. What's your guess, Eric? See, I think you got to go with a long win. I think it's like Jimmy Ebenezer Garoppolo. Ebenezer, yeah. No, that's right. Like, <laughs> no. a, like a multi-syllable. What is it? It's Richard. Yeah, yeah. Richard. No. Okay. That's that's underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Sounds like a guy from like Northern Illinois or wherever he went to college. How different <laughs> Eastern Illinois? How different uh, is Jimmy Garoppolo from Kirk Cousins? Kirk, I think Kirk is more talented and. You know, they're in that similar cluster where if you build a great offense around them, you can be successful. And if you build a bad offense around them, they, you can't be successful. But I think, I think Kirk Cousins is in maybe one class higher than Jimmy G, uh, just because of his arm talent, uh, his accuracy down the field. I, I think they're both bad when they're not on, when they can't like hit their back foot and throw. And they're both sort of in that category. But I think when you look at downfield accuracy, uh, I, I give the nod to Cousins. So I want to mention something on the defensive side here that could be key, which is, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo throws picks. And when you look at all the safeties in the NFL, Anthony Harris, top of the league in picks, and also top of the league in pro football focus grade, second in the NFL by just point three to Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos, and even ahead by just percentage points over Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Eric, I mean, is he the most underappreciated, underrated, under-talked-about star in the league? And it's not just this year, but he was at the top of the PFF grades last year as well. Yeah, it's a real testament to how the Vikings go about their business in terms of getting under undervalued guys in the draft. I mean, he was undrafted. He was on their practice squad. 
I remember he started a Thursday night game in 2015 just right off the practice squad has asserted himself well. It took him a little bit, but he's always been that really smart player. And now we're starting to see, you know, it, where, when he's in a position where he accentuates Harrison Smith more than Harrison Smith has to sort of prop him up, that's really been a very good thing for this defense because they've needed it with the cornerbacks being both ineffective and injured. Harris, you know, I, I called him the Stephon Diggs of the defense the other day just because, you know, the Vikings kind of luck box into him uh, in that position. But he is a, truly a superstar in the NFL uh, and, and, you know, great find for the Vikings. What does it say about a guy when they can consistently get interceptions? Because nobody throws interceptions anymore. And yet, this is a guy who had a bunch of picks last year when he was just filling in and taking the spot. So they bring him back. And then this year, he picks off Aaron Rodgers on not a ball that's tipped by a receiver's finger or something, but he undercuts a route and makes a great play. And then Drew Brees throws a deep bomb. He jumps up and gets it like he's mossing the receiver. I mean, is that a repeatable skill? Because it seems like with him that it is. Yeah, you know, and I think for him it's probably repeatable just because Harrison Smith does so many things where I still think he's probably the key, right, where the quarterback is keying off of him. And so Smith can come in and, or sorry, uh, Harris can come in and make the play on the football because, quarter, you know, quarterbacks aren't going away from him. Right, but traditionally, when you see a cornerback have a ton have a ton of success, it's sort of non diosmo one. They just don't throw the ball to his side of the field for an entire year. Or with safeties, you know, they don't throw the ball to the deep middle like with Earl Thomas uh, in Seattle. But right now, when you have that pair between you know Smith and Harris, uh, I think it is repeatable because Harris is always going. Harris is going to be that guy that comes up and sort of like is in tandem. Uh, to bait the quarterback into throws that will you know, result in turnovers. Well, you mentioned it. It truly is remarkable how many guys on this team were fifth-round picks, seventh-round picks, undrafted players who become huge, huge parts of the offense or defense. And I think that that is the scouting staff picking them out, but also being able to develop them uh, as well. Do we see, I mean, is this that unique? I, I think it is. Like, I, I don't think that there are teams with this many, not just okay players, but really good players that are not particularly high draft picks, but maybe it's just because I see the Vikings all the time. Is that unusual? It is. Well, and I, I showed you the, you know, the, how their war stacked up. And it's, it's really interesting how most teams, it's pretty, you know, it falls off after, you know, they pick their first round guy, he ends up being okay, and then it sort of falls off. But with Minnesota, it's very like uniform, right? They get the, the Neil Hunters in the third round, who's a bona fide superstar. They get digs in the fifth round, they get undrafted players, um, you know, and, and some of their first round picks like Laquan Treadwell and Mike Hughes and, and so on haven't, haven't actually lived up to it. So no, I think the Vikings, are very good at player evaluation front to back. And then, but their, their positive variants are their, their players that have, they've lucked out on have been in the later rounds and the players that they've kind of not lucked out on have been, you know, the early round players like Treadwell, who was a consensus top 25 pick when they took him, but ended up not being particularly good. Talking with uh, Eric Eager, pro football focus. Yeah. A scratch in the playoff game uh, the other day, by the way, and they threw to Alexander Hollins instead. Uh, let's talk about that offense and what, Kirk Cousins was able to do was impressive, but tell me if it's a hot take or not to say that Kirk Cousins has to be even better to win this next game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look at the New Orleans defense, you know, he he picked on um, Patrick Robinson when he was in the place of Marshawn Lattimore, who kind of was injured. But, you know, Janoris Jenkins made a good play early in the game, but he's a guy that got off the scrap heap. Uh, the defensive line, they're without Sheldon Rankins, without uh, – um, 
uh, Marcus that, Davenport. Yeah. This Niners defense is just getting healthier, right? D4 took a month and a half off. He's back. Their defensive line has four or five first-round players. Uh, Quan Alexander's coming, probably coming off of IR to be their second-best linebacker, and he's a pretty good second-best linebacker. Uh, and then at cornerback, you know, uh, Richard Sherman's finally healthy again. Uh, Chakwiski Tart has a great name and is also becoming healthy again. So that defense for them is, is getting healthier, whereas I think New Orleans' defense was a little bit banged up and just holding on. So I agree. I think Cousins fundamentally just has to be better this week. The receivers have to be better this week. They probably can't get away with an early turnover like they did. Uh, and uh, I think they even, like, Dalvin Cook, I think, played terrifically, but they they averaged less than four yards a carry on his runs, I think, until overtime. They even have to be more efficient running the football with him and Alexander Madison than they were against the Saints. So the running thing is fascinating to me because I wrote an article about this for our website today about how the Vikings really are the case where they need their running game and they need their running back to be effective uh, especially if other teams are going to play two high safeties and have seven-man boxes and kind of give you that, but also make life very difficult for Kirk Cousins to throw down the field. So where are we at with running game? I feel like when I was doing my Mike McCarthy visiting the PFF offices uh, in Cincinnati over the summer, that the big debate there was how much running backs matter. And football, football football people online were attacking PFF and stats people over how much it matters. But at least for this team, in a bubble here in Minnesota, Delvin Cook is massive, and their running attack, I think, is everything to whether they win or lose. Yeah, I think it's interesting in that like the running game certainly matters. And if you're the Vikings, you would have rather run that game out the other day, right, than get a seven-yard loss to Delvin Cook that almost became a fumble, yeah, you know, and, and give them a chance. So. And I don't think that's ever been disputed. If running doesn't get you ahead in games, but it does close the game out, and that's extremely important. Then the secondary question is: Do running backs matter? Right? Do the particular guy running the football matter? And I think with Minnesota, like you do get, uh, you you do get enticed by by Dalvin Cook, and he's a terrific athlete. It's that the question becomes: Okay, well, if you stick Alexander Madison in there, who's his you know third round pick direct replacement, how much worse do you get? I think you can make an argument. This is says probably more about Madison than a slight to Cook, but it's probably not that much over the long haul. Like, Cook gets you all these yards and stuff like that. And then the question becomes, okay, can Dalvin Cook repeat what he did in 2019 and 2020? And that's really where you get to the point where uh, running backs really aren't as valuable. But in the here and now, in this one particular game, uh, I'm, you know, I look at this game and I think I'd, if I was running a team, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook than some random guy in the fourth round. So, it's kind of messy, but I still stand on the side of you need to, be, you know, you need to be able to run the ball at the end of games, and uh, it's better to have a really talented running back than a not really talented one. But I'm not going to invest a ton of money or draft capital in one of those guys. Yeah, I understand. It really is sort of two different conversations. How does it matter to this weekend's game what Delvin Cook does, and he is a special talent who can create a lot of yards after contact and turn a check down into a huge gain and do explosive play, but would other people be able to do it at close enough of a level to pay? That's going to be a conversation that we end up having in, I, I'm not sure how long, depending, maybe we'll just call it March for now, I guess, um, and, and we'll see which way the Vikings want to go. But at least for this weekend's game, it ends up being huge. Now, something that's uh, more important here, Eric, is we had in Hot Routes yesterday this question. 
Uh, I need you to pick an all-time offense for the 49ers that does not include Steve Young, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, or Terrell Owens. So quarterback, running back, and two receivers without using Young, Montana, Rice, and Owens. Who would be the people that you would pick? Well, Tim or Tay at quarterback. I'm I'm just kidding. So uh, let's – well, I think – I think you got to go with Jeff Garcia at quarterback. Tim Rattay's second appearance on the show today. <laughs> I, I think you have to go with Jeff Garcia, who is very good. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I think a little bit underrated. Um, for his work after he was a Niner, I'm going to say Ed McCaffrey at wide receiver. He, he played for the Niners early well, part That of seems career. like kind of a cop-out. Ed McCaffrey okay. is not a 49er? Come I, on. Okay, uh... You can't okay. do that. Um, uh, JJ Stokes, I, um, John John Taylor. I John Taylor yeah, John final game winning touchdown yeah. against the Super Bowl. Of yeah, course. So, yeah. And then and then uh, I would go with Roger Craig over Frank Gore. Okay, yeah, because a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing is incredibly impressive. As yeah. much as we like he Frank Gore, former on the show. Viking too. He played. He ended his career Viking. Great, you could say. <laughs> also, a Nebraska Cornhusker. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I, and then, uh, yeah, and they had some great tight ends too. Obviously, Kittle today, but Brent Jones was uh, was an absolute he was an absolute baller back yes. in the day. So they they've had quite a history. Who's winning? I, I think it's San Francisco, but the betting market. I think I think the Vikings will keep it a lot closer than the markets indicate. I think the spread is about seven points. I think they keep it. I think it's more of a field goal game, and. That's how the Niners have played a lot of their home games this year. So if you're a Vikings fan, be cautiously optimistic. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, this matchup is is just really excellent. And I'm, I picked a close game last week. I'm going to pick a close game this week. I have a tough time getting over what this team has gone through already to be here, uh, considering last week. So it's going to be hard to pick the Vikings. But this... This matchup, though, man, it's like as good as you can get. It's two teams looking in the mirror, and and I just couldn't love it more for a, a second round matchup for the Vikings. Absolutely. I mean, th- let's put it this way: I'm a lot more optimistic about Minnesota this week than I was last week when they were, you know, uh, eight and a half win underdogs, and 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 you know, Drew Brees was considered the you know the quarterback of the best team in the NFC and all that kind of stuff. They got over that hurdle, and I think you know, let down aside, I think that they're. This will be a fun matchup, and and if you're a Vikes fan, hopefully win, lose, or draw, you can enjoy probably what's going to be a great game. All right, Eric, always appreciate you coming on, and uh, we will do it again very soon, win or lose for the Vikings. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Follow Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric, and uh, listen to the PFF forecast. Every time I jog, I am listening to him and George Shahuri talk about football in the PFF forecast. And if you are a gambler, then you understand a lot more of their gambling language than I do when they talk about overs, unders, and which way you should be going. I, I don't understand that, but I, all the other football stuff I do. So it's a great I, podcast. I don't understand not picking Yelbertson. Yeah, as your yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't think of Y.A. Tittle as his quarterback. It's the it's the obvious answer to that. Yeah. All right, just a few minutes left on the show here, and I just I can't help it. I have to read a tweet from Kyle Rudolph because this, this is wow. this really blew my mind here. So uh, Kyle Rudolph just tweeted a member of the media in the locker room after the game asked if he could have my gloves for a charity benefit. So I said yes. And we'll even sign them for you. Well, he got me sold on eBay three days later. And he's got the screen grab of 
Kyle Rudolph's signature, which obviously he's confirming is what he wrote on those gloves, sold for $350. Wow, really? You know, I, I will say, the locker rooms after a game is what the... Like, there are so many people, and right. on the road it's so small, and I don't know half the people that are in there on a road game. Because you have opposing media, you have national media, you have, word of the day, you have schmucks who you don't even know who they work for <laughs> or where word. they came from. Like the, Everybody is just gets a credential, and remember, was it uh, Brady's helmet or something, or yeah. Brady's jersey? There's the jersey. Stolen? Yeah, and then sold in Mexico or something. I mean, it was like some weird situation. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean... That for, was during the Super Bowl when security's significantly tighter. I would say this. If I were just... This is not Kyle Rudolph's fault. He's trying to be nice. He's trying to do something for someone. Mm-hmm. And hey, whatever, man, the gloves don't mean that much to me. And maybe you'll be able to help somebody with them. I get where he's coming from. Um, a person in the media should never, ever, right. ever, ever be asking players to give them stuff for even a charity thing. Any kind of thing, ever. So that should be like a major red flag that any legitimate member of the media, if you needed to do that, let's say that we were doing some sort of charity thing, Mm -hmm. we would go to the team and we would say, here's what we're doing, and maybe you guys could connect with Rudolph and he could do this for us, to just go directly to the player and be like, hey, can you give me your gloves? I'm going to do them for charity. Mm -hmm. No, that, that that's a red flag, and that is garbage that that happened, and that sucks for Kyle Rudolph. It's uh, it is that time of year, I guess, where a lot of people that you don't recognize end up around. And Alex Boone talked about that is sort of part of the fervor of the playoffs is just the locker room is full of people the week leading up. I mean, especially when they went to the NFC championship game, there were all sorts of people that I didn't know who were coming in and out. And they were always like, wait, should I be talking to this person? Should I not be talking to this person? And and on and on. And uh, that's really unfortunate for Kyle Rudolph. So before we wrap up today, um, I guess I wanted to just just circle back a little bit because I didn't get to it enough with Sage because there's only like a couple minutes left before we turn the ball over to Mackie and Judd with Rami to the really fun piece by Jeremy Fowler on like executives making predictions toward the future. Mm-hmm. And we talked about where Brady's going to end up. And I heard you guys interview yesterday with uh, Mike Greenberg and he said Tampa Bay for Tom Brady, which I think is lots of fun. Uh, him and Bruce Arians working together with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would be really something. But there's some other ones on here that are intriguing. Uh, the Redskins will make the playoffs is another one of them, which I, I think is totally possible. With Ron Rivera? Yeah, yeah for, for Ron Rivera. That's another one of the headlines he in the be, story. He seems to be reshaping that entire organization. Yeah, and I think that that's right. And again, with coaches and how we evaluate them, that oftentimes it's... Well, did he go for it on fourth down or not? Which, which is part of it. And nobody's brain implodes inside my skull more when I see somebody at the other 35 punting. <laughs> but that's not really wins and losses in an organization and your reputation. And Rivera was part of turning the Carolina Panthers from a bus fire to being very good. I think that that's a decent take. And if they draft Chase Young and Dwayne Haskins makes progress as he started to at the end of last year, maybe he can convince Trent Williams to come back and play for them again. Well, he they, got rid of the medical staff, didn't he? He got a, basically an entirely new medical staff. That, that's the right way to go yeah. right, right off the top is to do that. Um, and uh, Terry McLaurin, also their receiver, is awesome. Uh, also, the predictions that the NFL will dump pass interference review. Yeah, I mean, you have to. 
They, they kind of did halfway through the season, it. didn't they? Yeah, basically. Yeah. They botched it so badly that they have yeah. to. But it shows a video inside of the article of Kyle Rudolph and his play being discussed, and I just want people to stop with that. If half the room could not decide whether they wanted mm-hmm. it to be pass interference or not, and the other half was screaming at the top of their lungs that it was, you can't overturn it. If if he had taken the guy and thrown him down to the ground and caught it, and they didn't call it, you would have a beef. But just the, the littlest contact and, and extension of the arms that was suspect, I don't have any problem with them not overturning it. And here's my favorite one uh, in terms of these executive predictions. Philip Rivers to sign with the Colts. Whoa. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I've heard plenty of him going to Tennessee because that's where he's from, but to the Colts. I love it. Well, this also predicts Ryan Tannehill will get a big contract That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, Small sample, but really, really good sample. Surprising sample, yeah. Okay, Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Tomorrow, it is Path to Victory Day. Me and Boone and Mystery Guest. I actually know this mystery guest, though, and it's good. It's really good. So we will do that tomorrow. You're listening uh, to Score North. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.